Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you'll lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much. And who are, you, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days, there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. It is an evening, the 2nd of January, 2023. Tom Richardson here, the Removing Confusion podcast. Tonight will probably be a little bit shorter of a, of a message for you, uh, or for whenever you listen to it. You know how that is. I, uh, I speak like I'm doing this live, but I'm not. I'm actually, you know, it's recorded for your... Uh, listening opportunities whenever they may be Um, I appreciate again everyone who does take the time I'm going to do a little news cap tonight and and maybe a little of my own opining over some things that uh, I just it's hard to believe the things that you hear um, in the church from pulpits, about churches, you know, and sometimes spun to a, a positive way, but yet it, to me it's very not positive. Um, we'll get there. First of all, eight hours ago, eight hours ago, Israel, that is that little sliver of a country that Jesus came from, Israel fired on a airport in Syria. And let's be a little bit more uh, particular, Damascus, Syria. Let me read just a bit. This is from the Associated Press. Israeli missile strikes put Damascus airport out of service. 
Israeli military fired missiles towards the international airport of Syria's capital early Monday, putting it out of service, killing two soldiers, wounding two others. Now, this is not going to go well if they decide to get into it. Israel usually is pretty careful not to actually knock anybody off. But this time they've killed a couple of people. You know, when you're firing missiles sooner or later, you're going to hit somebody and they're going to get dead. In all that, you know, this, this is, this is, you know, this is the Middle East. Two weeks ago, the Iranian army chief warns Israel that, uh, they will have a harsh response to any hostile move against them. Now they consider, I believe, from my, I'm not a into I'm not a complete geopolitic uh, geopolitician. Whatever, <laughs> I'm not. I don't know exactly all that goes on, and and but I know that Iran is got their fingers in Syria. So a hit on Syria is like a hit on Iran, which gives them the opportunity then to fire back on Israel if they feel like it. Now, will they or not? I don't know. I, I pray they don't. We're, we're not ready. At the, at the same time, from what I understand, with all that going on, uh, I, from what uh, sources I've listened to, looked into, and tried to verify, is that uh, we, the United States, have sent four or five, four or five F-15 fighter jets to Israel to do some long-range training. I put that in scare quotes if you know what that means, exercises. So, you know, hey, getting ready to blow something up over there in the Middle East. Well, we don't want to stay out of that, do we? You know, we've already got 45, 65, 195 billion dollars wrapped up in a in a war that we have no stake in in Ukraine. I haven't spoken about these things for a long time. I haven't stayed away from news a lot. I've been really trying to, and we're, we, we always will have our Bible time, you know, to, cause these things are concerning to a lot of us. You know, I'm 62 years old in a week, exactly a week. And, you know, I've seen this, this play out over and over and over again. And it's like a, a guy I used to listen to a lot and I'll, I'll throw his name out there. His name is uh, Jacob Prash. Jacob Prash. He's a he's a Bible teacher and he's a fairly good one when he when he stays on topic. And Jacob used to say, you know, with rapidity, you know, these things keep happening. And every time Bible prophecy things happen, they get closer and closer to the ultimate fulfillment. There is a Bible prophecy about Damascus being completely annihilated. It's in Isaiah. And uh, I'm struggling within my mind. I usually have these things directly. You know, I know exactly what I, where I want to be. But right now I'm struggling. It's Isaiah 19, maybe. And it says that, you know, Damascus will become ruinous. There will be nothing left. 
So are we coming close to that again? I mean, every time, every time. Yeah, it's Isaiah 17, verse 1. The burden of Damascus, behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city and shall be a ruinous heap. That means it's going to be a, 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 a rubble of that will never be worth anything ever again. Ruinous, heap, ruinous, junk, trash, debilitated, gone. The burden of Damascus, behold. Now, there are people who have argued with me about this in the past and say, well, that happened in 528 B.C. and blah, blah, blah. No, it didn't because Damascus is still with us. And Damascus will one day become completely annihilated. Period. No no discussion, no nothing. That's the way it goes, the end of it. And you know, if if they don't want to accept that, I'm sorry. That's just how the Bible reads. And you know, there there are things that we take literal, of course, and there's things that we can say, well, you know, there's this and that. It's it's you know, it's it's you know, not not to take that literal, you know, and uh, it's you know metaphorical or whatever. That's not metaphorical. It's, it's basically th- that whole chapter gives you a a pretty good uh, update from the Lord Himself, God, that they're going to be wiped out. That Damascus it will be gone, and it and in that day it shall come to pass that the glory of Jacob shall be made thin, the fatness of his flesh shall wax lean. You know, there's going to be a lot of things going on there. In that day, we don't know when. You know, because you know the Israelis are kind of close to the vest. They don't say, "Hey, we're going to shoot some missiles." They just do it. And they feel like they've been um, stepped on a little bit. They're not going to play around. They're just going to they're they're going to they're going to fire up the old uh, iron dome or whatever, and they're going to shoot some they're going to shoot some uh, fireworks your direction. The Iranians, on the other hand, are, are are you know shaking their sabers again, warning them, hey, if you do anything, we're going to be in there, you know, because they can't wait to get something going but i don't really think iran you know they're they're the uh consummate chess player you know they're they're gonna sit back as long as they can without starting or getting themselves into something that that they can't get out of because once it gets going it's gonna go and that's a tinderbox it's always has been the middle east is a tinderbox waiting for the right match to fall on the right dry patch of weeds or whatever and poof now i've been studying this stuff for a couple of decades so i'm not a and i'm not an expert because i'm not a bible prophecy expert guy i'm not sitting here trying to give you bible prophecy uh this is how i read the newspaper and i have the newspaper in one hand and king james in the other i i just know that you know we're we're cruising through the end of days or the end days, or the end times, however we want to look at it. Uh, let's go a little further. Russia is, again, <laughs> so they're ready for more war. We've been warned. Now, I had a friend of mine send me a video. I watched a, a bit of it anyway. I, you know, uh, as of late, 
I've tried to really focus myself more on Bible teaching, as you may know if you listen to me, and preaching and stay in that lane. But you have to every once in a while, you know, shake yourself and say, wow, I mean, you know, this is biblical, some of these things that we're seeing. <clears throat> and we'll, we'll, we'll not, I, I don't want to have people go away from the end of a podcast with us and say, man, he's just a downer, uh, nothing but bad news. But it, you know, unfortunately for us, there is nothing but uh, in the world, nothing but bad news. We've got this rowdy little dictator named Zelensky it, that runs Ukraine. You know, he's called president or whatever. These people fawn all over him. He's a puke. You know, he closed the churches. He 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 jailed the priests when he took over. He jailed his uh, political opponents. What does that sound like? Well, it sounds a lot like Biden. He hasn't jailed the preachers yet, but he's actually, you know, gone after Trump like like a dog after a pork chop. And, you know, you, we just don't do that here. But yet, now we do. That's the new norm. You know, spending our money, billions, I believe, our money and, and, and wasting time on trying to keep one man from ever running for president again. Now, I, I've told you before, I'm not, a, I'm not a diehard Trump guy. I like him. I think he did a lot of good things for the nation. I think that we were on an uphill swing under his, his tutelage, his, his rule or whatever. But now we've definitely hit the peak and dropped. We were producing so much oil that the Saudis got shaken to the point where they had to, yeah, we'll give it to you cheaper than you can pump it yourselves. We don't see that now. They laugh in our face. We are a laughing stock on the world stage. We have a boob in control. At least that's the face that's out there. <clears throat> Job numbers uh, a few weeks ago, I guess. That Biden comes out, he's just running. Oh, he's just as proud as a little peacock. How he's uh, his administration has secured a million jobs. I saw Tucker Carlson. I stole this, but you know that's what all the news is. Somebody else's interpretation of it. Uh, what what really was the number? Ten thousand one percent of what Joe said. He said a million, but the real number was ten thousand. You know, hey, 10,000 jobs, that's something. Just if that's all you got to brag about, then tell the truth. But these people cannot tell you the truth. They can't. They, they just, they, or they won't. Uh, as we speak, I guess right now as well, China is heading towards Taiwan with ships. <laughs> yeah, okay, there's some more good news for you. <laughs> Let me just fill your... Fill your basket here the second day of the year, and we got more trouble than we can ever want. Oh, goodness gracious. I can't type and uh, and uh, talk at the same time. China sails warships near Guam in warning to U.S. over Taiwan, and that was four days ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
16 hours ago, Japan says it had monitored Chinese aircraft carrier and warships. Now, in in the Orient or Asia, however, I'm, I'm don't want to be politically incorrect or anything. Uh, Japan's hated by everybody because Japan used to be a superpower in the ten thousand or I'm sorry, a thousand years ago. I mean, they were the guys who knew how to fight, and China hated them, hates it to this day. And the the uh, the Oriental mindset is basically different from the Occidental or Caucasian or whatever you want to call it. They they hold a grudge for thousands of years. Japan is not liked in the Far East. And when they see China with aircraft carriers and warships floating around, they start worrying a little bit, I'm sure. But they're heading for Taiwan. Fourteen hours ago, U.S. and China spar over military aircraft intercept over South China Sea. This is this is real news happening as we're talking. I mean, come on, folks. It's getting real out there. It's getting real. And if you try to take this to the average church and expose what is really happening you know oh we're gonna have the rapture and we're gonna be out of here but we're not yet i did uh the other day the last last podcast we did was occupy he said jesus told them occupy till i come you know don't give up and don't sit on the hill in your white sheet wagon wagon or white flag no be ready occupy that means stay at the work uh, be ready for whatever comes. You know, I was chatting with my buddy Mike a little bit, and he threw he threw a line at me that I've used a few times: bullets, beans, Bibles, and bourbon. Have that. Now that <laughs> you're telling me to go buy bourbon, I'm not. But you know, there's there, there that's been a rule of thumb with preppers for a long time. Bullets, of course, for, you know, preparation, and it's to keep you safe. You know, you have bullets, you better have a gun to put them in. You don't just go out and buy a horde of bullets, you know, although they're good for bartering. So if you don't have the right gun and you can't get any other bullets, buy some anyway and use them to, hey, you know, I'll give you six bullets for a dozen eggs or whatever. Okay, sure, or a bag of beans or something. But you want to make sure that you have what you need. Don't count on a rapid out of here thing i'll let you believe what you want and you let me believe what i want but i'm telling you right now be prepared to occupy until he comes bullets for protection guns and bullets just in case you don't want to have to shoot anybody but you know you can scare them too i know they maybe they'll turn we're talking thugs here not not soldiers um beans beans is beans you know food beans rice meat whatever you can stock up save up whatever you can get that's not going to perish on you really quickly plant your garden can your can your goods or freeze them whatever you got to do bourbon is always good for a couple of things you know that's alcohol is you know cleaning wounds 
uh, if if need be, you can use it as an anesthetic, or at least to take the take the edge off. Or it, you know, there's going to tell you there are going to be people when when the stuff hits the fan. There are going to be people who can't get their alcohol, and they're going to want it. You'll be able to trade that bourbon for somebody's house practically because and you know what in in the in the turmoil we're all you know, christian we're always ready to help people but you've got to help yourself first you are no help to anyone else if you have not put yourself in a place where you are capable of helping them Oh yeah, well you know the interest rates are soaring as long uh, right along with food prices. You know I used to go and buy. I'm going to tell you some simple things. You know snack things. You know, uh, and I'm talking the big the big place. You know, it starts with a W. And I'd go in there and I found that they had these potato chips that are made by that company or at least have that. You know, it's got their label on it. It's a generic. Let's put it that way. And I really liked them. And they used to be a buck. Uh, no, I'm sorry, a buck nineteen, something like that. Th- those same ones now, about a year later, are two dollars. I like chip dip. I'm just saying, just throwing some things out there. I used to get it for a dollar. Now it's like a dollar thirty or dollar forty. Forty percent rise, folks. And now, those are just a couple of stupid things. You walk across the store and look at the price of hamburger and, you know, cans of beans. Again, here, I'm on to beans. I used to buy for a buck or now a buck 25. And you say, well, it's only a quarter. Well, yeah, but, you know, something, check, think about it. A quarter here, a quarter there, a quarter here, a quarter. That's a buck. Two bucks, 10 bucks. Before you get done, it's 25. Be prepared. Be ready. You being blessed by God and using your mind, your brain, to follow him and do what is right and and taking care of your family with any perseverance of thought, you'll also be able to help your neighbor. Maybe they aren't listening. Maybe they aren't looking at what's happening around them and it's going to hurt them. I heard a I heard this straight from a horse's mouth. Uh so if you preach it, I'll use it. We had a guy come through our church. He he uh uh goes around to different independent fundamental Baptist churches and preaches and he he's he's involved in some things and they're good things but uh he 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 uh was going to go to one and they talked on the phone and they straight up asked him have you had your vaccination for the covid-19 devil's breath from china oh yeah he says i yeah i'm all i'm all boosted up well i felt sorry for him at that point but you know here's the thing folks that's just one church, really. But how many? How many more like that? Now I'm picking on the independent fundamental Baptists because that's where I sit. I'm not necessarily 100 percent part of that, but you know, 
I have my I have my spot and a chance for ministry at that at that uh, in music and I do some preaching too and some Bible teaching and you know if 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 I can do my little bit you know there's going to come a day when they're still sitting around wondering why we're still here and a guy like me might be able to help them out but uh, that's just one church I'm sure there's many 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 more. I know there's other, you know, you know, the the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the, you know, Church of Christers and all the other ones. I'm, amongst them, you know, not all of them. I know, I know some folks in those churches, and, and they're not going through that. But, uh, or the Lutherans or whatever. You, you, maybe your family doesn't want anything to do with you because you haven't been shot up. They haven't listened to the terrible death toll that's come from these vaccinations, which are not vaccination. I use the term again. I haven't said anything about them for so long. I use that term vaccination because that's the, that's what we understand. I can call it the clot shot, death jab, the SADS inducing murder, uh, hit job on the American people. But you know, that's a lot of words and that's exactly I want to, I'll explain that SADS is sudden adult death syndrome we've all heard of SIDS right sudden infant death syndrome whether it be your crib death they used to call it they gave it a fancy name well this the SADS is out now that's that's the new thing or if you want to go on your favorite um search engine and just type in drop dead (laughs) I'm serious or or something to that effect um unexplained death uh you know uh there's a there's a myriad of different ways to to present that and just see how many there are and you'll find some young folks in their prime in very good condition worldwide a lot of soccer players we've lost a lot of soccer players uh they just stand there on the field and bloop these are guys in their, I mean, they're in their 20s, maybe early 30s, in the height of physical conditioning, at least lung-wise. I mean, and legs, are they're up and down the field. That's a big field. Now, I've played soccer. I played indoor and outdoor, and both of them will wear you out. And I was, you know, my early 20s doing that. And, boy, I'll tell you what, you knew you, knew you did something when the game was over. We loved it, though. We got beat terribly by these Romanians and Greeks around our area. But we had a lot of fun, and they, and they were a lot of fun with us, you know, because <laughs> they liked winning. But, uh, you know, you were tore up. And now you, you, got, you take a guy who's trained all his life to do that, and he just drops dead on the field. This should not be, but it's happening. And people aren't listening. They're listening to the... The voices on CNN and MSNBC or whatever, and the idiots are out there that want to say, well, Dr. Fauci says, and I'm like, first of all, when you say that to me, you lost me. Because it's, it's like saying to me, the Pope said. And I wouldn't listen to that Pope they got for nothing. He's a dimwit. And I diverge. I, you know, Pope, what's his name? Benedict had passed away the other day. He was the one that stepped down. I don't know if that's a significant thing or not, but you know, I, I have a, I have a message laying around here somewhere that I wrote that uh, I got it from. I was watching 
I was watching Tucker Carlson on the news there, Fox News, and he had uh, Tulsi Gabbard, though, used to be a, a Democrat Congress lady, uh, was also a uh, active or reserve uh, army colonel, I think. But she spent a year in Iraq. And she said right outside of their base, I think it was north of Baghdad or whatever, they had a sign there that said, is today the day? I tell you what, not to be a downer Debbie or whatever, but think about that. That is a, that is a, a sign that we can post in our heads, is today my day? Did I do everything that I could do to stay faithful to the one that I need to be as faithful to as I can be, Jesus Christ. But, you know, it, 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 it struck me when she said that, is today the day? You know, we don't know. And, you know, if you go out and want to get the shot because you're afraid of getting COVID-19, the chances of one or the other getting you, are, you know, there's people that have had these shots, and all they do is get sick. They get the flu. They get these colds. They get sore throats. They get runny noses. My nose runs, but I, I just because... I'm getting old, folks. I've I've always used to laugh at the old people with their runny noses. Now I'm like, uh, (laughs) I'm one of them. (laughs) But it's just, you know, it's that time of year in Ohio, too. Uh, It's cold, and then it's hot, then it's cold, then it's hot. It was below below zero on Christmas with, you know, two two or three inches of snow, depending on where you're at. And cold, I mean, below zero, folks. It was cold. Uh, Today was about 60. And it's the 2nd of January. So, you know, from Christmas to New Year's, we had a completely 60-degree temperature change. If you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes. So I, I guess I covered it. You know, these churches, when, when it comes to the church, let me, let me, uh, let me go further. Uh, I talked about Franklin Graham a long time ago saying, well, if Jesus was here, he'd tell you to get the vaccination. That's how you're talking about my Lord and Savior, my my God who could touch a man or a woman who was plagued for 12 years with a with the with the flow of blood reached out. She knew if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be and he she did. She was she was she was healed. He rubbed dirt in a blind man's eyes, a man blind from birth. Nobody did this. There were a lot of healers running around in his day, just like they think they are today. But nobody healed the blind man from birth. Nobody healed the deaf or the mute man that was met mute, mute or deaf from birth. Only Jesus did that. Now, after him, his disciples did some wonderful works as well. But to prove his messiahship, he was the only one at that time who did that or had done it ever. So you're telling me that if he was here now, walking the earth with us now, he would tell you to go get a shot? With a wave of his hand, a prayer to his father, to the, to, I could just hear him, you know, to your glory, Father, which is the way we should pray. Father, if you can get me through this to your glory, not mine. I don't want people to think, oh, he's so spiritual. Look what he can pull off. No, 
It's, it's about what God can do and what God will do. So for, you know, the church now, if you, if you don't have your shot, now, do, they, do they do that to their congregation? Is everybody in the congregation? I would leave that church. I think you all know that. Anybody that's listening to me for any period of time now. You know, Jesus, when he was here walking the earth, he sought out people or they sought him out as well, but that that their faith made them whole is what he'd tell them. It's your faith that made you whole. Of the of the uh, uh, centurion that that wanted his his uh, I think it was a slave or his his servant to be healed. Jesus said, "I'll come." And he said, "No, no, no, don't." He says, "You're you're you're a man that's way above." anything that should be in my house. I'm not worthy. But if you say it, it'll happen. And Jesus said, I have not seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. His own people. And here was a man who would be their sworn enemy. Jesus had no sworn enemies, did he? Do you? Do you have a sworn enemy? If you tell somebody, you can't come to my church. You can't join our club. You can't sit here at my table. I don't want you to come to my house if you haven't had your shots. Well, it's funny. The, the tables are turning. More people are in hospitals. I, my doctor, my own doctor, tried to tell me if I didn't get the shots, I'd end up in the hospital. Now, I just said, I'll take my chances. Oh, I want you to pray about it. I said, I will, and I have. But I'm tell you right now. They have proven more people are sitting or laying in hospitals now because they got the shot than the unvaccinated. Remember, it was, I, remember I used to play it for you at the beginning of my programs uh, where Biden says, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Well, it's an absolute opposite of that right now. It is a pandemic of the vaccinated. I'm sorry, and I know many people that, I've, that, I, that I really care about and people I love that have, that have taken it. I don't condemn them. I just pray for them because, you know, something, they were scared, and it's the only thing they could see on the way out. They, they trusted those because they were like the polio, you know, or something else, vaccines, and they're not. Jesus went towards lepers, to heal them. He didn't tell them to go see, go get a shot. Now he healed some. They told him, go see the priest, show him that you're clean and do the sacrifices that need to be done. You know, twisting off turtle doves heads or whatever, uh, the case may be. But you know, they would run off and they would be telling everybody, man, this man, I don't know how he does it, but he's, he's a man of God. Jesus did. He saw, he sought out those kind of people, the lepers, the blind, the lame, the deaf, the dumb, the whores, the tax collectors, the Romans. He didn't turn anybody away. And he didn't say, oh, well, I don't have time for you. He only did that once. He told the uh, Syrophoenician woman, what, what is it? You know, I've came here for the children of Israel. I'm not going to throw my good stuff to the dogs. And she, did, she didn't back down. She stayed there, and he did he did. Uh, the miracle for her. 
Jesus always did everything as a point to point people to the right way. And, you know, it was those, those low lives that, you know, the, in that category, I'm not being, you know, unkind, but the, the prostitutes and the, the tax collectors and, and all the other things, you know, those, those are the people that, that Jesus kind of, he knew that they, they needed him. They would accept him. The, you know, Jesus is inclusive, though, church. You're exclusive if you tell someone, well, I know if you haven't had a shot, you can't come in. You're excluding people. You may be excluding a lost soul that will never get saved because of you. Also, remember what it says in Hebrews. Beware. You may be entertaining angels unaware. So, you know, you may be, maybe it's a test from God that he sends somebody towards you that hasn't been vaccinated and you say, no, you can't come in. I believe very seriously that Jesus has left that building. I, I, I prepared another message. I'm working on it. I like it. It's from Ichabod to Emmanuel. Ichabod in the Old Testament is a, a kid that was born from uh, uh, Hophni or Phineas's. You know, they were high priests that got wiped out and their wife was pregnant. And she had to. It means the glory of the Lord has departed. There's many churches, I'm telling you right now, who think they can do and say and act however they want. The glory of the Lord has departed them and they don't even know it. They're only playing church. They're getting together in a group and saying, well, we were all safe because we got our shots. We've, we're, what, what's next? What's next? I, many of these places, that's all they want to be as a club anyway. So that's the, there, there's, your, there's your ticket to the club. Roll up your sleeve. Oh, you haven't got it yet? Well, we've got a doctor right over here that will give you one then you can come sit down with us. How stupid are they? How unspiritual are they? The spirit of God is not in most churches. I have a friend of mine that says, you know, he, he stands there and he looks out at the crowd on a Sunday morning. He says, I, I don't see any life. The church should be very alive right now, not wallowing around in death. It should, you know, that, that people do pass away. You know, we, we've, we've witnessed that a lot here lately in our own circle. But the thing of it is, is those of us who are left behind, yes, we feel the pain. And we will, the mourning and the, and the, uh, the suffering that goes with the loss of a loved one. But here's the thing. It's a church service. Take that, take that pallor of death away. We serve a living Christ, a living God, a Holy Spirit supposedly lives within you. Let him set you on fire because that's what we need. Because Jesus, like I said, he was inclusive to anyone and everyone. He picked a lot of different guys as his followers and disciples, didn't he? tax collectors, fishermen, 
uh, Judas, <laughs> even one that would turn on him. But he, he, he brought him along. It's all prophetic. But there is an exclusive point to Jesus. The only thing that's exclusive is that he is the only way to salvation. So the inclusive Jesus says anybody can come that wants. But it, there's an exclusivity, and I don't want to be, this, this could be confusing, and I don't want to be confusing. But, you know, there is that exclusiveness that he says, I am the, the way, the truth, and the life, period. There is no other way to God but through Jesus. There's no other way. He is the capital T H E way. But he wants everyone. It's an exclusive path held wide open by an inclusive Lord Jesus Christ. He's the good shepherd, he's the bread of life. He is the only mediator between God and man. But, you know, now some churches have changed their minds and they're demanding that you get the shots. You get vaxxed up, have your, have your boosters, bring your paperwork, and then we'll let you come in or we'll let you come and speak. Oh, gee, thanks a lot. You're, you're, you're just what I was looking for, not. Here's a problem, I think, and it goes back to that other statement that I, you know how I am. There is no hunger, nor is there any thirst for righteousness in the modern churches. There, now, you know, I shouldn't say no. There's always, there's always a few people who are looking for the good word. They're looking for somebody who's actually going to step up and tell them what they need to hear. There are people, I believe, that have probably sat in churches. You know, there's, there, there's, I, I know there's guys I've heard talk about. One guy's a missionary that's gone all over the world, back and forth, and his wife, uh, who was, you know, as far as he knew, was saved before he was. One day, at an altar call, she went forward. And he just thought, well, she's, you know, doing like a lot of people do. She said, no, I, I realized that message that was preached today, I realized I wasn't saved. She thought she was. She thought, I had a friend of mine, close friend, that told me the same thing about a friend of hers. Now, this is, you know, the friend of a friend kind of thing. But 40 years in, in the Baptist church. And she, you know, always there and, and you know, Hey, hail Jesus, praise, amen, you know, all that stuff. And then one day she heard the message, and she said, I wasn't saved. I got saved after all those years. Goodness gracious. Well, praise God she did. Praise God for that preacher or whoever it was that led her to the Lord that, that, that sparked the interest. Because what happens is the message has been watered down. The message has been left alone. The message has been covered up with dry leaves and, and, and there's no fire. They just go on and on with their, well, I'm going to tell you a story. Oh, I'm going to throw some jokes at you. Oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Here's the Bible verse for today and then never even go back to it. It just turns into a 
Ferris wheel of, of nothing. People need the Lord. People need the word. People need to hear the unadulterated word of God. They don't need to be told that, oh, you said a prayer once, and now you're good for the rest of your life no matter what you do. There is no such thing as a Christian adulterer or a Christian murderer. There may be murderers or adulterers who become Christian or Maybe they were and they backslid, whatever. But there is no such thing. You can't, you, there's no hyphen that you can put between you and Christian or you and Christ. We have to get serious. We have to start wakening up with the things that I talked about at the upstart up, up of the show. Look at your world. 2023 is going to be a tumultuous time if it goes on from here like it's starting already. Two days in and Israel's already throwing rockets. Two days in and the Chinese are floating towards Taiwan. Two days in, the Russians are are shaking their, hey, you want to play with the bear? Guess what? Bear's going to bite you. Are we ready? Do we have a military that's even possible to, to take on all these different fronts? No way. Listen to me. And this happens. You know, every, every once in a while, every, even a good preacher will throw a, a real hooter at you that you're sitting there going, oh, man, he could have saved that one. But there's no such thing. There shouldn't be any such thing as a boring message from the word of God. The word of God is not boring. It is not lukewarm. Jesus warned about lukewarmness to the Laodicean church, which I believe we are in that phase right now of many churches are churches of Laodicea, very lukewarm. The word of God is a fire that sets the kindling of your soul to flame. It's made to burn into the hearts of the redeemed. If you, if you don't feel that resuscitation when you sit down in your pew on Sunday morning or wherever you go or whatever you do, maybe it's a chair, I don't know. But when you sit down and you, you wait for the message, you've sang the songs, you've, you've had the two seconds worth of prayer, and then the preacher steps up and says, turn in your Bibles too. If after that everything falls flat, it's dead. We don't want that. Real Christians don't want that. You don't want a show. You don't want uh, to, to just have your ears tickled with jokes and, and fun time. There's all, you know what? Hey, look, I'm all about a little humor just to keep people fluttering some. But you've got to hit them with the hard stuff. Psalm 16, 11 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence, God's presence, in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Sitting at the right hand of God the Father is God the Son. Pleasure forevermore. 
the presence in the being in the presence of Jesus is something that only those who have passed on with him in their hearts can experience. We can experience it here to a certain degree. You can feel the joy of the Lord here if you try, if you strive for it. You know, you got to be hungry. You got to be ready. You got to be willing. You got to be ready to push forward and get that extra that God has to bring to you. Psalm 17, 17 verse 15 says, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. What does that mean? I like to take verses anymore. The Lord has opened my eyes and said, look at the commas. I think I've said that before here, but I'll say it again. As for me, who? Me, me. David's writing probably in this psalm, but he's, and he's talking of himself, but he's saying, you know, me. I will behold thy face in righteousness. Jesus, God. Their face. They're the, they're the only true righteous ones. We have our righteousness by them, and we have to strive towards that righteousness to become righteous in our own right under the blood of Christ. He then says, I shall be satisfied. There's another comma after that. I shall be satisfied. Shall be. That's a, that's a future thing but can also be a present thing. I'll be satisfied now, but I do know that the day when I go to meet the Lord face to face, I will be overly satisfied. I'll be so satisfied that there's nothing that can even come close to how it will feel. But let's let's go back. I shall be satisfied, comma, when I awake. Now, when I awake in the morning, yes, I will be satisfied when I wake up in the morning. You know, every day to us should be a picture of the resurrection, of our resurrection, a picture of Jesus' resurrection. You know, we, we go through the day, and at night we go to our bed and we fall asleep. And then in the morning we wake up and we rise up again and we go back through another day. When I awake, now I'm going to take this to this degree. You have, when, I, when, when I go on, when I have fallen asleep for that last time, when I awake in his presence with thy likeness he says with thy likeness with the likeness of god goodness i will be satisfied i shall be satisfied when i awake with thy likeness when that day comes when i lay down for that last time when i'm when I do no more podcasts, when I preach no more in the uh, old folks' home, when there's no need for places like that, when there's a, no need for jails and prisons and hospitals and doctors and 
inoculations and and there won't be any pedophiles or there won't be a drag queen story hour and there won't be any more death destruction and and satan there will be a day when i awake and i will have his likeness now there's a lot of thought behind that what will that actually be It'll be that immortal likeness. That body that never dies. That body that doesn't have to burn forever in hell. That body that goes to be with the Lord and stays with him until it's all. I mean, there's no end. Eternity goes on and on and on. And it's not boring. It's not, it's not painful. It doesn't have bad teeth or or a stuffed up nose or a need for a cough drop because my throat's dry it's a perfect place and it's a perfect body and it's only perfect because of jesus it's only perfect because of what he did it's only perfect because he paid the price for me and for eternity those of us who go on to be with him will be satisfied because we awake with his likeness. What more can I say? That's Psalm 17, verse 15. The other one was Psalm 1611. With all the things that are going on around us in these first two days of uh, good old New Year 2023, we have something to really hold on to. They can bomb me. If I get blown up, I'm going to be with Jesus, period. Till the next time, Tom Richardson, removing confusion on this second day of January, 2023.